Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Foundry Sports Premier League Podcast. I'm Sebastian Noren, with me is Pauly Questel and Elliot Niblock. And um, yeah, match day 38 is upon us, last day of the season. We'll uh, go through some of the games. We'll also talk a little bit about what happened here midweek and um, try to look in the crystal ball and see how how the last round of games end up. I know Pauly has a commanding lead. Uh, decent lead. Yeah, but you well, know what? Uh, not mathematically insurmountable, but realistically unlikely to be overcome. Yeah. But you know what? I tend to, uh, like any true good player does, you end up becoming in the mold of your manager. So I will pick last this week and I will 100% park the bus. Oh, fuck that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you should pick so, first. Seb, whenever, whenever you're writing down the picks, whatever Elliot says, just put that down for my name, too. No, you, you should be forced to put him in we're first. Getting a, we're, we're getting a boring 1-0 win this week. Oh, no, no, no. You should you should be forced to put him in first. No, you, you know what we should do is that we should do the, like, the Premier League rules where everybody plays at the same time, so we all write down our picks beforehand and then just reveal them afterwards. <laughs> Oh my! I mean, come on! I, 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 I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to write mine down before, and I just read them to you guys. <laughs> well, you should put them in the doc, Google Doc right now. Although, but that's the thing oh. is that there's, there's like there's a, 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 there's no way for us to verify that you put it in, and then we don't put it in without seeing what you wrote, right? Right, and also there's also like I, I hold the cards here because. I, you could just be like, oh, we're waiting for you to put them in. And if I just don't put them in, I still win. That's why I'm saying you put them in right now while we record before you head out. And then Elliot doesn't go into the Google Doc because I'm way behind. So I can't win. Yeah. Oh, that's that's perfect, yeah. though, actually. You because... can win. I mean, if you, if you manage to pick a bunch of games together correctly, which, you know, you haven't done at all all year. Yeah. 37 tries. Uh, so what would happen now? And pick the scores correctly. Yeah. yeah, highly no, doubt but, that no, will happen. Seb's right though, because if he if he has the Google Doc open, he can see whether I access it or not. And if you put your picks in, then like you and I are both still picking blind of one another. Exactly. So that's what I think we should do. So, Polly, while we're recording, no, now, I just put in your I picks. think that we should do the normal order, which is usually what happens: is Seb picks first, and then we all go, "Ah, crap! Seb stole my score. I got to switch it up." Then Ellie will pick, and then I'll just be like. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, two one sounds right. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope, not this time. You're <laughs> no, just we're afraid to lose now. Tactics. Yep. So you put him in right now. I'm afraid now. to lose, dude. I've been watching a manager for three years who's afraid to lose. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's touch upon some of the midweek mid midweek games before we get into match day 38. Arsenal they took a two nothing win over Sunderland, so they're only one point behind Liverpool heading into the final day of the season. So that's good for you, Elliot. There's still hope. Yeah. There's we we live in hope of chokes at Anfield. Mm. I mean that was that was a game in which like God, Jordan you gotta tip your hat to Jordan Pickford because that was an incredible performance. I mean he made Arsenal had something insane like 30, 35 shots on goal and for a while he looked like he was just I mean, he's playing out, out of his mind that night. So. Yeah, he he should be staying in the Premier League. I really hope a team goes in and buys him. Uh, Alexis Sanchez with both goals there, so good for him. He gets his stats up a little bit. Uh, Man City, they also won, so they moved into third place. So they're two points ahead of Liverpool and three points ahead of Arsenal. They took a 3-1 to win over West Brom. Uh, De Bruyne, Torre, and... Jesus with the goals. Uh, Manchester, Manchester United. Oh my gosh. Hey, Zeus. Manchester United, guess what? They uh, had a draw. Scoreless one against Southampton. So we're not even going to touch upon that game. The big one, though. Tottenham <laughs> whooping Leicester's butt 6-1. to one. The Hurricane and uh, Hyomin Son show. Yep. Yeah, Harry Kane is he the dude Harry now? Kane Harry Kane's gonna win the right? Golden Boot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he uh, unless Lukaku comes up big here against Arsenal, Kane has 26 goals. Lukaku is in second with 24, and then Sanchez with 23. 
and and Kane missed what like eight nine games this year. He has uh, twenty six goals in twenty nine appearances. Yeah, pretty yeah, so pretty nine. decent. Yeah. I uh, I yeah. just want to let the I want to let the world know uh, I wasn't bored about this. My picks are in. There we go. Now boo. Uh, all right. <laughs> boo. Just at my picks. <laughs> Come on. What is Wait, this? Wait, if you scroll down, there are some actual. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna pick for you. Uh, hey, to 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 give context here, uh, in the order, my Arsenal Everton pick was one team may win. My Burnley West Ham pick was a team that wears reddish with blue sleeves as a primary jersey will get points. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea Sunderland, we got a score prediction. Uh, we got a couple of score predictions. Southampton Stoke is at least two points will be given out in this game, maybe three. <laughs> Manchester United Crystal Palace, LOL. Uh, Swansea West Brom is F this, and then we got a, another score prediction. Yeah. So, this I, is like I, the I crappy. The this, this is like the crappy TV psychic version of predicting football results. It's like oh, I'm sensing that you have either a sibling or a cousin somewhere yeah. on Earth. Right. <laughs> he breathes. Uh, maybe it's a <laughs> she. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, hopefully Polly will uh, put in actual score predictions for all the games. Otherwise, he'll get zero <laughs> points. Hey, how about that? What, and, uh, and you can't give me zero points if I pre- if, if if I get the games that I did predict correctly. No, no, I mean zero points for yeah. that game where you just wrote gibberish. Well, you know what, Elliot? Elliot gave an entire week off, so maybe I'll give yeah. like half a week off. Mm. <laughs> there we go. So besides yeah. besides that battle there for the last Champions League spot, um, I mean I guess technically, okay. So Manchester City they have to lose against Watford if Arsenal has any chance of getting past them, and they gotta beat Everton by let's say City loses one nothing, then they would have to beat Everton with four goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I th- I feel like it's a race between Liverpool and Arsenal. Dumb, yeah, no, dumb, I mean, dumb. it definitely is. I mean, I, I think that City City losing to to Watford is far less likely than Liverpool dropping points against Middlesbrough. But also, I mean, Liverpool at home have just been far better than Liverpool on the road this year. So I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not betting on Arsenal to finish in the Champions League, but I'm at least you know looking forward to smashing a few pl- pints in Kuala Lumpur while cheering for it. Nonetheless, yep. Yeah, Manchester United stuck in sixth. They can't move anywhere. Same for Everton in seventh. They can't move anywhere. Then we got a couple of teams here that can finish between eighth and like fifteenth. I want to say. <laughs> I want to say tenth because. I don't see Leicester winning by nine goals. Um, so, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's nothing really to play for more than that last Champions League spot, I would say. Yes, there's, like, if you finish a little bit higher, you get a little bit more money. But as far as... Um, yeah, the I mean, the real... Everybody's going to be watching Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and... That is not true. Oh, okay. I mean, my, no, I mean, my, like, like, in terms of neutral fans wanting to watch the games that have that an actually matters. Yeah. Next season. My friend, yeah. my friend from Ireland is coming in, so we're going to a bar that'll have everything. But like, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably give a glance at at, at Man United's like U twenty side taking on Crystal Palace. Mm. Yeah. So what do we have here, here now? Okay, so. As far as TV goes, we have the Arsenal game is on NBC. Then you got the Liverpool uh, game on NBC Sports. Then you got the Manchester United game on and CNBC. Then like, and then you got... No, they're Watt- on USA. The United game's on USA. No, the City game is on USA. <laughs> then they already changed it from what they originally announced. Okay. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me even a little bit. Yeah. And then... The uh, re- I mean, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the two meaningful games are on the two big channels and then... The the recognizable teams are on the recognizable channels. Yeah, and then you got the rest of them available online. Right. My favorite part about about 
championship Sunday is all the people who like tune into like MSNBC for like their Sunday liberal talking or like Bravo for like their Sunday reality TV hit fix and and they have to watch soccer and then they go to Twitter to complain about it like <laughs> yeah but come it, on guys this happens every year like, yeah but you know it, this <laughs> it's it's the same with the basketball playoffs though you're like god damn it what channel is TNT on again yeah, but TNT shows basketball all year. Bravo doesn't yeah. show soccer all year. Yeah, they TNT should. TNT shows basketball every Thursday night. And then in the playoffs, they show it a lot. Yeah. Like, it's it's more just like, wait, my like I can't watch Chris Lee Knows Best this Sunday? Like, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> apparently there is a section of people that actually tune in every Sunday to watch Chris Lee Knows Best. Yeah. Or, oh, what's that guy? Jeez. Um, uh, what's his name? There's a televangelist on NBC from like 10 to 4. From like, not no 10 idea. to 4, 10 to 11 a.m. I forget his name, but I, I remember it because last year the Manchester Dark. Manchester Dark was a. No, I, my headphones got unplugged. Oh, I thought it was um, divine intervention stopping mm-hmm. you from talking smack. <laughs> about <a> televangelist. <laughs> Uh, uh, God, I'll have to try harder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a, there were, the Manchester Star was 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. So, you know, the bar I was at, like they had the NBCSN pregame show and then like 1055, they switched over to NBC because that they were televising the, the Manchester Derby. And it was like some televangelist for five minutes and everybody in the bar was just like, what the hell's going on? Like, what are we watching? Yeah, get, get <laughs> it's like, I'm watching a game. church in Dallas with 100,000 people in it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those people are going to be like, wait, what, what? where am I getting my Jesus? Yep. And the answer is in Manchester City. Exactly. No, they're in, they're playing away. Yeah, all right, well, they're... You, and they're on the USA. You got to tune into USA. What is usually on USA? I honestly don't have any Chris idea. Chris Lee knows best. Chris Lee knows best. Okay. Do they have any good shows? <laughs> is there shows normal morning or? programming? Mm-hmm. It's always fun when we get some obscure channels watching or showing games. Yeah, like Bravo and Esquire and... Uh, Esquire? They have a TV channel? Yeah. I mean, the first... The first year that this was done, it was actually the last, either the last year or the last two years that Fox had the deal. And like Fox was like using all their subsidiaries and it was like speed channel. I like hosted like a soccer game. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm tuning in for auto racing. And it's like, oh, no, wait, this is definitely not auto racing. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, there's still, you know, six games that are on online only. So that's. No, that's not true. All 10 games are televised. Why is it just showing the online thing then? You're looking at the wrong listing. I'm on PremierLeague.com. They should know their no, shit. NBC released, NBC released a, a press release today. So now it's like you're, it's almost like you're looking at the wrong, you're giving out, you're giving to the listeners wrong information. Uh-oh. 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 Let me... Yes, please Let me try find to that. find this because all it's part of the contract. All ten games have to be have to be televised. That is that is part. Uh, that's that was like part of the uh, contract that NBC when NBC signed on to host or to be the, you know. Yeah, to take over rights from Fox. Here we go. Here we go. I got it for you. Okay. Championship so- Sunday. Burnley versus Arsenal, Everton, NBC. Burnley versus West Ham, Oxygen. Chelsea versus Sunderland on Sci-Fi, which is hilarious because that's where the trophy is going to be handed out. Um, Hull City versus Tottenham on MSNBC. Leicester versus Bournemouth on Bravo, which is actually pretty fitting. Liverpool and Borough are on NBCSN. United, Crystal Palace, CNBC. Southampton versus Stoke is on E, the entertainment network, which is showing perhaps <laughs> the least entertaining game. But for all we Although know, that'll be, the one that, that'll be the one that ends 5-4. Um, yeah. and, uh, and Swansea and West Brom are on Esquire, which is perhaps the least good-looking game, which is what I imagine mm-hmm. Esquire is all about beauty and looking good, and that'll be the least good-looking game. And Watford versus City are on USA. Wow, okay. Those were even more... I mean, what is Oxygen? 
I know what oxygen is, but oxygen, the TV channel, never heard of it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something for women. <laughs> okay. It's like the, what's it called? TLC? I don't even know. Like, I feel like it's just a different, I feel like it's a lifetime just owned by a different company. Okay. Oh, well, there you I'm have gonna it. Try to, I'm going to look, I'm going to, all right, here we go. What's on oxygen right now? A show called Snapped. Okay. I don't know what that is, but the description is a young wife finds her husband dead, but the police uncover a web of lies and murder. Okay, so she killed uh, her husband. Yeah, probably. Yeah, this is a weird channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. They show a lot of snapped, and their other show that they show is called Killer Couples. So, yeah, this is a weird channel. <laughs> okay. That's weird. Tomorrow, Saturday, is a, is a marathon of snapped and killer couples. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, <laughs> there you have it. Time to find find those <laughs> obscure channels if you want to watch one of those other games, I guess. But uh, yeah, definitely. Wait, wait, yes. wait! Sunday night, Sunday night, they have a show called Snapped: Colon Killer Couples. What? That's like a combination of both. Ooh. <laughs> so this is sort of like, it's when like they... the real world, the real world road rules MTV mashup meets. It's the real world road rules challenge of of the Oxygen Network. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. hmm. oh god! And then you said one game was on E, so people will miss out on keeping up with the Kardashians reruns. Yeah. Yes, they will. Hmm. Bravo! What's usually on Bravo? Is that where all those high housewives go? Uh, yes, and um, what's its face is on Bravo. Um, Vanderpump Rules. I have no idea what that is. Oh, dude, come on, get get with the program. Top Chef is that still on Bravo? Maybe. Uh, Queer Eye no longer on Bravo. Okay, I used to watch. Used to watch Top Chef. Queer Eye was Bravo. Okay, well. Should we talk about some of the games instead of just talking about what weird channels they're on? That's what you guys are. I already did my part. Okay. So I'm a bow out. I did the TV criticking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'll be back on Monday to talk about people being pissed off that they couldn't watch their snapped. Yeah. Killer couples. Okay. Yeah. Please a favorite <laughs> or like some of the tweets you see so we can read them up. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Dude, that's my favorite part of Championship Sunday because, frankly, Championship Sunday sucks. Okay. It's the Perfect. last, like, four years. <laughs> okay, we'll have Polly back on Monday then, and uh, Elliot and I will continue and actually talk about some of the games here. So looking at that, you know, race at the top here, uh, Arsenal taking on Everton. Even though Everton, they don't have anything to play for, they'll finish in seventh. They'll get a Europa League place. Do you see this being a difficult game for the Gunners? Absolutely. Of course it is. I mean, I I think that it's become a commonplace that Arsenal choke in the early spring and then finish the season strong to perennially, at least heretofore, make it into the top four. But, you know, there's... The team right now is playing in... Far better football. I think Urzel is in particularly fantastic form. Sanchez is doing what he's done all season, which is save results when nobody else seems capable of doing so. And on the whole, I mean, Czech is playing great football. Three at the back is not a perfectly insurmountable defense that does look a little more solid. But nonetheless, like, this is the same team that has time and again shown mental fragility over the course of this season. I still I still expect Arsenal to win this match. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. But by but Everton is, you know, this is going to be a much trickier fixture than the one we faced midweek and we're also coming off of a midweek fixture. So, you know, all of the normal discussions about fatigue, etc. um I mean, Everton are going to give us to run for the money. I, I the funny thing to me is that since Everton as you said technically has nothing to play for like if liver if liverpool go a goal down then it's like the minds probably not of the everton players right they're they're consummate professionals but of the everton fans it's just like oh well you know if we did lose it'd screw liverpool over <laughs> oh yeah oh absolutely <laughs> they'll be like oh well mm-hmm. yeah i don't so, i don't see is, that I mean, being is, any problem 
Yeah, it'll be an especially fun match to watch if you're a fan of the Toffees because you, of course, support your team. But then if on the other, you know, the corner of your eye, you see the Reds go down a goal against Middlesbrough, then you think, ah, okay, cool. Well, if that result holds, then this is win-win. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like they sort of dropped off a bit. I mean, they got that horrible injury to the same as Coleman, um, you know, and he is a big part of their team, you know, running up and down that right flank. But it sort of felt like after they sort of figure out that we're probably not going to catch Manchester United and it doesn't really do us much anyways as far as the, it's still a Europa League spot, I feel like they sort of dropped mm-hmm. off a little bit. You know, in the last yeah. in the last five games, yeah, they took a 3-1 win over Burnley, but then they had a scoreless draw against West Ham. They had a 3 nothing defeat to Chelsea, a one nothing defeat to Swansea where you could clearly see mm-hmm. that one team had something to play for, the other one didn't. And then they bounced back with a one nothing win over a Watford that's been in horrible form and, um, you know, announced just a couple of days ago that they're going to be looking for a new manager this summer. Yeah, I mean, I like I say, I I expect Arsenal to win this match. But I, I don't think that anybody who's been watching Arsenal week in, week out this season is, is not going to come into this game like flying totally high on confidence. No, uh, and I, I think mean, part of that is just nerves knowing that we don't control our own destiny as well, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is here too that if you can finish, find a way to get Lukaku out of the game, a lot you've won a lot right there because he scored over a third of all their goals. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you, but I'm... I... Like I said, I'm just not completely sold about this, the the three at the back. I mean, I think that Arsenal do definitely look better, but they're still allowing shots on goal, you know. And Petr Cech, I mean, this, yeah, you want to talk about Arsenal keeping a clean sheet and winning this match, it's Petr Cech versus Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, maybe that that's a seems like a simple and reductive analysis to just say, oh, it's their striker versus our goalkeeper. But if you look at the Arsenal performances we've seen in the last few weeks, the the defense isn't quite the shambles that it was in match day, you know, 30, 30, 31 perhaps. But nonetheless, we're still we're still allowing shots on target. We're still allowing chances to be created. And for the most part, we're expecting one of the Premier League's best goalkeepers in history to keep performing at that level at the near the end of his career. And we're gonna need we're gonna need Czech to make saves and I also think we are going to score goals. So um you know I I hope that we can keep a clean sheet again and I think that there's a good chance, but it's far from a foregone conclusion, we'll put it that way, despite Everton having nothing to play for. Yeah, only one allowed goal the uh past four games here. You had that two nothing win over United, two nothing over Southampton, then a four one over Stoke, and then a two nothing over Sunderland here. So, um it will be interesting. We're going to look real quick here. So, looking at the clean sheets race, you got Courtois at the top with 16, uh, Hugo Lloris second with 15, David De Gea third with Fraser Forster. They both have 14. And then you got Peter Cech, or Peter Cech, with 12. Mm-hmm. So despite having uh, you know some issues at the back, I still feel like he's uh, he's done a good job. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally with you on that. Okay, one. so this is a pretty weird stat. Punches. Okay. Yeah. So, Jurelo Gomez has thirty-five punches. Jordan Pickford has twenty-two. Lee Grant twenty-one. Arthur Buruk, 20, and Simon Mignolet, 20. Who keeps track of this? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're I mean, like, was that, a, was that a punch? That was a punch. Okay, okay, let's jot that down. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> seriously, who cares? 
No, I think, I mean, uh, th this is a moment actually when we're going to miss Pauly a bit because I think that the kind of turn towards sabermetrics in baseball in the U.S. has proven that, you know, like keeping track of what seem to be potentially meaningless statistics overall when you can like gather a lot of data and then analyze that in a number of different ways can in fact lead you to some interesting conclusions about the impact a player has on a team that you might not be able to see through more traditional statistics. Yeah, but I, I feel like in that case, I would rather want to see how many crosses has he plucked down. Claimed. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, I agree that yeah, it, it in and of itself but but that no that's to my point though actually is that if you're able to keep track of both which i guess it is a little bit odd that they're only showing one and not mm -hmm. the other but you say okay number of balls claimed in the air out of corners number of times punched number of goals conceded like that would be an interesting ratio to see right yes absolutely well, i mean this just tell for me it just looks like gomez is not good at catching the ball in the air he just decides to punch it <laughs> You know, he's like Superman. Yeah, that's, so, that's fair. Yeah. And I, I mean, one interesting thing here, too, is that looking at the saves. So Tom Heaton, he's first with 139 saves. So he's had a lot, a lot of work. Uh, Pickford is second with 132. Then Fabianski with uh, 117. Foster 116. And Boruk 114. But Fabianski has also conceded 69 goals. Which yeah. means they've faced 186 shots on target when Fabianski's been in it for Swansea. Ooh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There you have it. Um, let's talk about Liverpool. They go up against Middlesbrough, who has absolutely nothing to play for. They're going down to the championship. They're going to finish in 19th yeah. place, no matter what. They have three straight win or three, three straight without a win. They got a two-two draw against Man City. Then they lost to Chelsea three nothing, and then they lost again to Southampton two to one yeah. in their last home game of the season. So uh, I mean, really, everything speaks in favor of Liverpool. Yes, but that said, I also. You know, despite sitting behind Hull, for me, I think that Burrow are probably the best of the three sides to be relegated. Now, again, that's kind of damning with faint praise. I understand that. But, like... Um, I mean, defen I, defensively, they haven't been horrid. No. But they can't well, score goals. They've only scored 27 goals all season. Yeah, that's the fewest in the league. <laughs> So I mean, maybe, I mean, if they just park the bus and hope for a scoreless draw, I guess that would help, yeah. that or, would help I mean, Arsenal out. Yeah, or even if they just like nick a goal on the counterattack and then park the bus. I mean, that would be, that's ideal. If Middlesbrough can manage to go up 1-0 in this game, mm -hmm. then then that's huge since yeah. like, you know, as you point out, we just need, we just need Liverpool to drop two points. Yeah, right? and so. you, you know that that would make its way to the Emirates too. Oh, of course. You would hear a huge cheer around the stadium. Yeah. Everybody's uh, got their phone out. They're looking at the Forza app or they got Twitter up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting. But, you know, if I if I were a betting man, I would, I would say that the top four stays just the way it is. Because I don't see yeah. Manchester City dropping points against Watford. No, me either. I mean, Watford, they got the worst form in the league right now. Absolutely horrible. They they were they basically they're like, "Okay, we're safe." And then it just the bottom just fell out. 2 nothing against Hull, 1 nothing against Liverpool, 3 nothing against Leicester, 1 nothing against Everton, and then when they finally scored some goals, they lost 4-3 to Chelsea. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, like I say, I'm not betting on Arsenal breaking into the top four, but I'm at least, you know, at least happy that the season will conclude after woeful performances for much of it with 
two meaningful games back to back for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, on so this is sort of a weird scenario, but I do sort of root for Leicester this weekend because it would be funny if they ended up finishing in ninth, so that Chelsea is still the worst rainy or the worst defending champions in Premier League history. <laughs> So they go from champions to sucky defenders back to champions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Leicester, just to give people an idea here, Leicester, they sit in 11th place right now, 43 points. Ahead of them is Bournemouth, who they play. They have 45 points, and West Brom also have 45 points. And they take on Swansea. So... If Swansea can beat West Brom and Leicester take care of business against Bournemouth, then boom, there you have it. They'll finish in ninth. God, it is crazy that eighth and sixteenth place are separated by only six points. Yes. <laughs> yep. And I mean, it, it's still money we're talking about. Teams want to finish as high up as possible, so I, I, I don't think that any team is going to mail it in, except Manchester no. United. Because <laughs> uh, they have that Europa League they just, final. They already bought all those stamps. They got to use them. They, uh, I mean, they got that Europa League final to think of. So even though they're at home against Crystal Palace, they'll put out a heavily rotated side. They should not even sell tickets for this game. They should just give away the tickets. Give away tickets. Make sure you got a full crowd. Cheer on the the youngins. Because, like Polly said, it's basically going to be... I think it's basically going to be the under-20 squad. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that, that, I mean, that sounds about right. It's sad to see what this club has become. But at the same time, with all the injuries and everything, I do understand the logic for Mourinho. Because you do have that mm-hmm. game coming up on Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, they are, they'll basically play this game... And then get on a flight to Stockholm. They Gee, might they, they might leave the, Monday morning. Gonna, yeah, yeah, I would assume they'll leave yeah. Monday morning. But I don't. I mean, I don't know. Hey, I who knows? Maybe I don't keep maybe track of Manchester United. Maybe <laughs> the first team is already in Stockholm. They're like, hey, let's get there early. Let's enjoy some of that that Swedish, you know, spring. It's been very nice back home. Yeah, I believe it. It's been warm all over the world. Arctic ice sheets melting, Mm -hmm. 107 degree heat index in Malaysia. Yeah, thanks a lot, Obama. Oh, God. (laughs) The the heat index here was 107 Fahrenheit, 42 degrees Celsius yesterday. Mm. It was, I think it's as hot as I've ever been in my life. (laughs) Yeah, let's see here what we got. Oh, of course. Okay, so uh, how do I get this in Fahrenheit? Eh. Use the Googles? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay. Siri, show me weather for Stockholm, Sweden. <laughs> Here's the forecast for Stockholm, Sweden for today. I don't want today. Uh, are we? Okay, here's the weather we, for Stockholm, Sweden, for today. No, not today. I still don't want today. Now What's we, the weather going to be like in Stockholm, on... Sweden, on Wednesday? Here's the forecast for Stockholm, Sweden, for Wednesday. Okay, so it's going to be a little bit cloudy. It's going to be 19 degrees Celsius. Siri, how much is 19 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? <laughs> That would be 66.2 degrees Fahrenheit. There we go, 66.2 degrees. So that's perfect. (laughs) Perfect weather. Siri is our stand-in for Polly on today's second half of the podcast. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So 66 degrees is the forecast for the game on Wednesday. We'll talk more about that on Monday, of course. Should we jump into our last scoring prediction of the season? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So first up, we got... Arsenal against Everton. Paul, they already stole my pick there. He's going 2-1, to one, so am I. Oh, you're not supposed to tell me. I was going to say 2-1 to one also, though, okay. which is kind of annoying because that's exactly what Paulie wanted, but I will I, I will uh, 
Um, you got to be different here, stick... though. You got to be different. Yeah, I know. But you, all right. You can't tell me. Okay. From now on, you yes. can't tell me. Yes, story I know. I'm sorry. To beat this whole purpose. Yes. So you'll go two um, nothing. All right. I will go. I'll go three one Arsenal. Three one. I'll okay. give him one more. One more hurrah goal. Okay. So I'll just let you go first from now on then, and then I'll say mine, and then I'll reveal. Oh, uh, you can you can go first. You just don't tell me Paulies. Okay. <laughs> Until I've said some. Burnley. They play at home against West Ham. So they'll get a nice little win here to cap off the season. I'll go two nothing to Burnley. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one draw. Okay, that's exactly what Paulie did. God bless it. So there you go. <laughs> then we got Chelsea Sunderland. Chelsea are gonna whoop them in front of their home fans and have a wonderful evening. Four nothing Chelsea. Oh, give him only three goals. Three nil, Chelsea. Okay, same as Polly. God damn it! <laughs> you're you're not making up any ground here. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's hey, fair is fair, right? Yep. We 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 had the double blind for a reason. Then we got Hull against Tottenham. I think it's the same result here. Four nothing. Two mm. Spurs. Three nail spurs. Okay, same as Polly. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not. I'm not. Like oh this is God. this is hilarious. Uh, Leicester against Bournemouth. I'm gonna go three one in this one. I'll root for the foxes. Uh, two one Leicester. Okay, same as Polly. You've got to be kidding me. No, you got to stop putting p- picking the same thing here. You're not going to make up any ground. I don't know what he picked. He picked two to one Lester. You got to pick something else. At least go two nothing. Uh, okay. All right. Fine. I'll go. T- I'll go two nothing Lester. I was debating that scoreline. So. Okay. Yeah. You this just, is insane. You just need to be different. You should revise all your picks here, basically. No, but that's not fair. That's like the whole reason that we uh, that we did it blind. Okay, <laughs> Liverpool, Middlesbrough. I mean, I, I just want I just want to see Liverpool drop points here. So I'll go one one. This is purely selfish reasons. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. I, I I I'm gonna be cheering for Liverpool to drop points, but I don't think they're going to. Three one Liverpool. Okay, Pauly had two nothing Liverpool. So finally, you picked something different. Uh, then we got Southampton against Stoke. Uh, I mean, this yeah. game really. I mean, Stoke poor form, Sunderland up and down. Two two draw. At least we will get some goals. I'm gonna give the Saints the win at home. Two one. Okay, and Elliot. Uh, two one. You said to Southampton. Paulie yes. had one one. Yeah. Then Manchester United, Crystal Palace. I'll go one nothing. Crystal Palace. Uh One mm, one. One one. Paulie has lol. No, actually, lol. <laughs> So I don't know what. All right, so he's taking a ball. He's he's taking a mulligan or a, yeah. uh, a pass on that one, which is fair. I mean, I I missed an entire week of games. So. Yeah. Uh, Swansea against West Brom. Well, I need West Brom to lose so that Leicester can get to ninth. So two to one Swansea. One nil Swansea. Okay, and Polly has four four. <laughs> All right. Damn goals galore. And then last up, we got Watford at home to Manchester City. City three nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Okay, Paulie has two nothing to Man City. So there we have it. We'll see if you'll be able to catch him. We should say that uh, getting into this one, Paulie is in the lead two fifty seven. Elliot, you're in second with two forty six, and I'm at two twenty. So. I would basically need all my scoring predictions to go in. Which yes. Is not going to happen. Um, and but, if it did, then you would wish that you'd been at Vegas and not on this show. Exactly. Because getting a 10 game scoring parlay correct would be 
so much money. Yeah, that would that would be I, probably five figures. Oh yeah, like if I bet a dollar. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's part of me is sad that we're coming to an end of the season. Another yeah. part of me is like, oh my god, this is finally over. Yeah, <laughs> because it's been it's been tough. Fifteen draws for Manchester United has been a real tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And I mean, a tough you, Portuguese pill. Yeah, I mean, when you have more draws than the team that's going down, it's just oh god. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so right now I, we can just give it to you real quick. Manchester United, 15 draws. Middlesbrough, 13 draws. Then Stoke, 11 draws. And then we got three teams with 10 draws. That's Liverpool, Everton, and Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's... Oh, God. That's a lot of sister kissing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a lot. It just shows you this season just how big a gap it is between the top you know mm-hmm. between the top two teams for sure and then that three to five yeah yep because i feel like chelsea and and tottenham they've been in the league of their own they played some of the best football all season long especially at the end here i mean tottenham yeah. were amazing to watch and then yeah, you they had both finished very strong and then you had city liverpool arsenal who yeah they stumbled here and there but they're still at a high level and then you just had Manchester United. It was like, okay, we got a chance here to gain something. No, draw, 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 draw. <laughs> I mean, they've they've only lost five games, which is the same amount as Chelsea. But whereas United has 15 draws, Chelsea has three. Yeah. Oof. I mean, they have the second, second lowest goals against with 29 goals. Only Spurs are better with 25. And they've scored a meager 52 goals. That's less than Everton. That's a nine yeah. goals less than Everton. Mm-hmm. And it's 22 goals less than Arsenal. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's been a rough season. I know we've been, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've followed this team since, you know, mid-90s. So I've been spoiled. Mm-hmm. I've been very yeah. spoiled. Yeah, you've been very spoiled. Yes. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've seen some incredible stuff with the Champions League final, you know, when they came back and beat Bayern Munich. That is one of my absolute favorite yeah. memories mm-hmm. of all time, all categories. Um, but yeah. this is, it's tough. It's just tough to, because yeah. you're at that level, you're expecting everything to sort of stay the same. I know you can't win the title every year, but. Yeah. To have these meager years has been, it's been tough. And yeah. I know, well, I, mean, I know it's, it's nothing compared to what other teams have, you know, like a, if you're rooting for a Crystal Palace or a West Ham. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, or even an Everton. Yeah. Or a Swansea or a, yeah. you know, Middlesbrough. I mean, and, but like you and I have also experienced pretty much opposite fortunes because I've been supporting Arsenal for pretty, just about exactly a decade. And, that means that I started for, the for them on the tail end of the glory yeah. years. Oof. And it's like, oh, yeah, the Invincibles. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've read about them and watched highlights. Yep. That would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, too. I mean, because that was – because my dad used to – he used to follow Arsenal quite closely back in the days. And, you know, then they had that good team. And then they got a lot of fans when Freddie Youngberg went over. Um, oh, I'm sure. So you know. Him and his crazy hair. Um, so, Although once he was bald, he finished his career in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you're going to dye your hair red like that all the time, you're going to lose it. <laughs> that, that's just fact. This I mean, true. putting all that crap in your hair, it's going to fall yeah. off. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to our final thoughts here real quick. Paulie sent in his, it is, come on, you gunners, Venger in. That's his final thought. <laughs> He just wants the drama in North London to continue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can uh, understand him from that perspective. Yeah. But I, I do think it is. So we got news today that Arsenal shareholder Alisher Usmanov 
made a bid for full control of the club, offering a one billion pound bid to buy out the majority shareholder. So Cronky should take the money. Well, but the, I mean, they hate each other, and I, I think that he could offer, you know, he could offer two billion, and Cronky would still probably say, "You can go to hell because I don't need that money, and I'd I'd rather have what I hold to screw you over than to profit even above market value for what I do hold." Yeah, but then. He's is, just such a miserly bastard. Yeah, I'm, yes, it, they they don't like each other, and it's expected that he will decline the offer. But at the same time, I feel like sell it, take that one billion dollars, buy another team. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, to your to that end, I think that there's a chance because Grunky, I, I I don't understand. I don't understand the man. I mean, because he owns, he loves owning sports franchises, but he clearly doesn't do it because he enjoys winning. They're, they're investments for him. Oh, yeah. And he seems perfectly fine with, you know, mediocrity or even slightly below mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I just don't understand the mindset of if I'm a billionaire, I'm going to buy a team and then not really give a damn if they win or lose. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, if you're if you're treating it purely as a financial investment, then maybe there is a chance he would sell. But I don't know. Also the another thing that I don't fully understand but can kind of imagine is the billionaire politics of I have more than you do. Yeah. I think that that might come into play as well. Yeah, I don't know Kronky's what he's worth, but it says that Osmanov has a pers- personal fortune of around 11.2 billion pounds. Mm-hmm. Damn. I should give him a call to see if he want to pay off my student loans. Yeah. That's just <laughs> that's too much money. What do you yeah. you can't I mean I can understand that he's like, "Oh, I'll offer you a billion then cuz I'll still have 10." That's so much yeah. money. It's it, it really is mind-boggling. I know, man. Yeah, Osmanov also said that you know, if he was to have the you know the final say, he wants Wenger to sort of appoint his own successor, sort of what we saw at Manchester United with with Sir Alex mm-hmm. Ferguson sort of hand picking David Moyes. That didn't work out, but I mean, maybe Wenger has a, an inkling of who he would want to see replacing him. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't think that there's any guarantee of it working out or not working out, no matter who's making the decision, and no matter how big or small the name is that comes in to replace Wenger. I, I, you know, Paulie has said this a lot on the show, and I've agreed with it that there's always going to be some growing pains, some tumultuous years on the heels of uh, long-standing and overall, it still must be said, extremely successful manager leaving a club, but. I, yeah, but at the same it's, time, it's it's not it's not going to be the same thing though. Because I mean, Sir Alex, he's like, okay, I want a title. See ya. Um, yeah. he's, he still went out and being very successful. It's been a long time since Arsenal won the Premier League. Wenger is yes. not oh, in no, that in that same boat, so I I don't think that it might be as rough for Arsenal as it was for Manchester United. They might actually be like, yeah, I, hey, look at this new guy. we got some new fresh breath here in the club and we can start becoming a title contender again. Well, yeah, of course. You certainly didn't have any banners saying uh, Sir Alex out. No, <laughs> no. If anything, it was please stay. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. I mean, I. I but the, the thing is that even though all of us have been frustrated that he has not, in fact, you know, we haven't even we haven't even properly challenged for the title, right? It's not just not winning the Premier League. It's just wanting to come in to the exact the conversation we're having right now, and instead of saying there's an outside chance that Arsenal will make it into the top four, depending on other results, at least saying there's an outside chance that Arsenal lift the trophy, depending on other results, mm-hmm. right? Like that's. And, and not not even not even the final match day of the season. The penalty, like match day 36, 37, to, to at least be in the conversation for the trophy with nine points left to be decided 
Like that hasn't even happened, right? And that's, I think that it's unrealistic to expect a team to be perennial champions, right? To be winning titles every other year. But I, I think it's completely realistic for a team of Arsenal's stature and financial resources to expect them to be in the top three conversation at at least every other year, right? It just it it drives me bats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, was your was Uzmano your final thought, Seb, or you got something else? Well, I got a couple of smaller things here because uh, yeah, I've, not- I've got one as well. It's always nice to read the rumor mill as I love doing. And uh, Monaco Vice President Vadim Vasilyev has told Kylian Mbappe's suitors that £86 million won't be enough to get him away from Monaco. £86 million won't be enough. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's kind of the hottest commodity in football right now. Well, Although here's so here's an interesting question money. for you. Yeah, but look what Pogba's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, just yeah, but at the same time, look at what he did before he moved back. Yeah, that's fine. Mbappe, I, that's Mbappe has had one season. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that eighty-six million for Harry Kane, for example, is reasonable and perhaps even a little bit low. I, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. 86 million. Yeah, it is a lot of money. Oof. But like, but for for a player who is the premier, like going to win the golden boot. Yes. No, right? no, I, I'm yeah. saying, yeah, yeah. If, a, if a Premier League club wants to buy Harry Kane $86 million, yes, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the inflated English players. Yeah. It's... Oh, yeah. It's also funny, though, that because I saw that... Um, the I mean, this is the Daily Stars. Take it for what it is. But they're saying that Spurs are interested in re-signing Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. And that they're going to put a put in a £25 million bid for him. And I feel like if Swansea... I feel like he's worth more than £25 million or pounds to Swansea. Because he's basically the engine of that team. Oh, they yeah. sell him. I mean, he's he's the reason that they are safe. Yeah. So, I don't even know what kind of price tag they would have to put on him before it sort of outweighs, because it, it you know it's not worth getting relegated over. I don't see them being able to sign a player of his caliber. Yeah. I mean, I don't. If Gilfie Gilfie Sigerson was English and not Icelandic, he would, he would be, that price tag would be double. Maybe, yeah, at least forty. Yeah, you're right. So we'll see. I don't think Swansea should let him go, especially not for twenty-five million. Uh, Last little thing. Sunderland boss David Moyes has slapped a 30 million pound price tag on Jordan Pickford, who has been heavily linked with Everton. Yeah, I mean, 30 million seems kind of steep for a young goalkeeper, but he's also shown that he can perform at the highest level. So, I mean, I feel like he's he's touted as becoming a England, you know, international. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, it, it's possible. They'll definitely be, because, uh, I mean, he's, what, 19, 20? 20, I think. Oh, I thought he was 20. I thought he was 21. Uh, let's see here real quick. Jordan Pickford. Uh, no, he's 23. He's old. Oh, come on. Yeah, I was going to say, he's he's at least. Come on. Boarding Washington, UK, not Washington. U.S. No. <laughs> uh, that would have been um, nice. Hey, you want to come yeah, play no for the kidding. U.S. men's national team? <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. 20, 23 years old, but still a lot of a lot of room to grow there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could I could definitely see him fetching that price, especially if there's more than one club that wants him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Elliot, take us uh, home. 
so the FA announced yesterday, 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 yesterday right? or two yeah. days ago. The, I, I know what the you're today, today, your time. The international date line is messing with my head. Yes. Um, but the FA announced that they are going to start retroactively punishing players for diving for simulation based on video evidence. Uh, saying where there is clear and overwhelming evidence to suggest a match official has been deceived by an active simulation and as a direct result, the offending player's team has been awarded a penalty and or an opposing player has been dismissed, the FA will be able to act retrospectively under the fast track system, mm. which is, a ter- I think, a terrible name because I'm sure it will not, in fact, be fast tracked. Yeah. But it's it's a really, it's a great thing. I think on the one hand, right? Like, I've been calling for this for years because it is not it is not difficult to punish diving retrospectively and if it is done consistently then it has the potential to truly change the game, mm-hmm. right? If you know, if you're diving multiple times a season, which many players do, and then you find yourself missing 6 to 8 games because mm-hmm those dives are caught retroactively then that's going to that's going to change how a lot of players play top flight football now on the one hand i think this is fantastic and it's something that i've been calling for you know on this show in fact a few times over the last couple years but it also it brings to mind the rule instilled at the beginning of this season that players may not crowd around a referee and players may not touch the referee. And we still see that happening all the time. True. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. It's it, we've seen it. We've seen it punished on occasion on occasion, but that was another attempt to kind of change the culture of how deci- refer you know, officiating decisions are responded to by the players and it's done little to nothing. Yep. So while I applaud the FA's decision in, you know, creating this fast track system, uh, I'm not going to hold my breath until I actually see it implemented effectively. So I'm I'm hopeful about that, but uh, I've, they've the FA's shown me that I should always be taking everything they say with a whole pile of salt. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it. Usually, you know, it's the uh, you'll get it the first time it happens. You know, they'll be really diligent in the first couple of uh, weeks, and then it's going to just taper off. Same as the crowding referee. Yeah, that that's so, usually how it is with all. But, uh, but new rules. we'll see. I mean, it, the thing is that you know when when you add a new rule and then you ask officials to implement it in the like in the course of the match, then. Um, then that's one thing. But when you create a committee to review them, then I, th- I think that it does have the potential of being implemented with a greater degree of consistency and therefore also a more profound impact than the rule change last year about, you know, uh, congregating around officials. But we'll see. Again, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and that thing too, I mean, the referee should just have the balls too to just be like, you back up. You don't come near me. You back up, yeah. or otherwise you're going to get a card. And but yeah, that, that's what I mean. Though is kind of it's the the heat of the moment culture thing. And well, may, I mean, I, I would I would make a it. terrible referee because I would just be like, if they came screaming at me, I would just be like, "F you, back the f up." Otherwise, yeah, I'm going to yeah, just yeah, yeah. send you yeah. out of here because <laughs> I have the power. No. Well, but no, but it's the it's the kind of thing that like the the culture of how referees are trained right is that that like that's a a rule change that happened in the last year Mm -hmm. but if you look at you know if you look at other i I know that we compare the english premier league to american sports maybe ad nauseum on this show but whatever it's an american podcast so if you compare it to major league baseball for example if you touch the umpire you are ejected from the game Mm -hmm. immediately every time no matter what yeah but, but i mean that's why even when you see managers who ultimately get thrown out of the game arguing, they'll usually put their hands behind their back because they don't want to accidentally make contact with the umpire. Yeah. And it's the same in the NBA, right? Like if you put your hands on a referee, you're getting teed up. That's just happening. And but like, because all of those officials have been trained that 
that is what you do. That is the result. And then they do it automatically. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, top flight Premier League referees don't do that automatically. Their automatic response is not immediately, oh, you touch me. So therefore, you know, yellow card. Right. Right. It's and until it kind of becomes that. Uh, and, may, you know, maybe it is it. Maybe it's going to take an entire another generation of referees to be trained that, no, this is the letter of the law. This is the rule. This is how you should manage Don't take any shit. Yes. Yeah, that's basically what (laughs) they need to hear. Don't take any shit. Yep. So there we have it. Okay, well, we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Enjoy the last match day of the season here. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paul is P. Cristal WFAN. And Elliot is Keats was better. And give Fandrex Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Until then, have a good one. Bye bye. Thank you.